All right, good morning, everyone. Let's stand together and let's sing some Sunday schools this songs this morning. Therefore, the redeemed of the Lord. You ready? If you're ready, say amen. Oh, my, I guess we're not ready this morning. Let's try one more time. Ready? Say amen. amen. All right, let's sing unto the Lord. Let's get ourselves nice and uh, pumped up. We've got some good uh, services this morning for our missions conference, so let's uh, prepare ourselves with our singing unto the Lord. Amen. Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return. Then come with singing unto Zion, and everlasting joy shall be upon them. together with God. Amen. For we are laborers together. Laborers together. We are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. For we are laborers together with God. All right, and let's do one more song. I've just heard from heaven. If you get in God's word, you know that you can hear from heaven. Amen. I've just heard from heaven, and this one thing I know. My sins are all forgiven. He washed them white as snow. The load that once I carried, he took away somehow. I've just heard from Without any further ado, Brother Thompson will turn the service over to you. And uh, if you have not gotten one of these green faith promise cards and you want one, let me know on the way back. Amen. All right. Thank you, preacher. Just don't fall in the bed. I'll try not to. I'm uh, glad to see a new song leader today, finally. Wasn't that refreshing? He's <laughs> a lot better looking, younger. Somebody said we need a new preacher now. I'm sorry, I'm all you've got, okay? Turn your Bibles to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And uh, 
It's going to be my delight this morning to talk about money. <laughs> we haven't talked much about We've said very little about uh, faith, promise, missionary giving, and, and this, is the, this is the core group that's going to involve themselves with this because other people will be coming in are going to miss out on the lesson. You know, the Bible teaches faith, promise, missionary giving. It teaches it. We didn't, just, we didn't dream this up as another way just to get more money. This is in the Bible, and I want to show you that this morning. Again, we've been trying just to challenge you with living for the Lord. You know, if, if the Lord gets your heart, He'll get your pocketbook. That's all there is. So get your heart. He'll, he'll, never, he'll never get our money if He doesn't get our heart. When you love something or love someone, you know, some people complain about it. It just aggravates me to death. People say, I can't wait the kids are growing out of here. I never felt that way about my kids. I wish they were still home. <laughs> I love my children and love my grandchildren. I'd I like to have a big compound where we could all live. You should have been upstairs the other day. Oh, up, upstairs where the... The, the uh, Montaros camp out. And uh, we had, uh, let's see, there's how many of them? 14 of them? 15? No, there's only 12. Uh, 12 of them, and then there were really six more uh, with the Max. What's that? 18. And then Karen was there, my wife and I was 21. And there was a couple others. I don't know. Just It was like a, reminded me when I was in the Army, like a mess hall, you know, just one big long table and... <clears throat> If you sat down at that end, you had to yell at the person down at the other end. But we had a wonderful time. I, I love that sort of thing. That's just enjoyable. And, and yet some people just want to get rid of them. They have kids and they want to get rid of them. And now we can have an empty nest. And I don't, I don't go for that. But uh, that's the way it is. But I, I, was, I said all that to say that I, I never had a hard time doing things for my kids. If I had to, if I had to leave something that I wanted, if I wanted a golf club, well, you don't talk about golf clubs here. You don't think about golf courses here. You don't even have room for a miniature golf course up here. My word. But, uh, you know, you get out in Ohio or Pennsylvania or in the south, and they, they take up a couple hundred acres just for a golf course, you know. And a fellow plays golf every once in a while, I'd like to get some new clubs, but I didn't care if I ever got new clubs. If my kids needed something, I... I wanted to get when they had something. I wanted to do it. It was my joy to do it as their father. And I, I can't understand when Christian people who say they love God and they're children of God and they have a hard time about giving. I mean, if if you really love the Lord and you believe in this program called missions, you're going to want to have a part in it. Now, you got your bulletin there. I just got one when I came in, and I was sitting back here in the office studying a little bit. And I, uh, I just got my pen out, and I figured here, now, missionaries we support. That is, Open Door Bible Baptist Church supports these missionaries. Support them on, we usually support on a monthly basis. And there are 12 uh, what we call home missionary projects. Now, none of these, this money comes in for missions, goes out for missions. It, it, it's not to fix up the building here or to add something to the, this ministry here supported by your ties, you see. But the missionary giving, the missionary offering, that all goes out to someone else. It's, it's what we call an outreach, you see. There are limitations to what this church can do. You could have uh, maybe squeeze uh, 350 people in here, 400 people in here. That'd be it. If, if God would be pleased to do that and you keep working and you're faithful and the church grows, you, you, could, you could fill it up and then that would be your limitation. You couldn't reach out any farther than that. 
So here is the way we reach out. The ministry of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church reaches out to all these places in 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 Idaho. You know where Idaho is? I don't even know where Idaho is. I've been there, I guess. Southwest someplace, big mountains and Mormons. Big mountains and Mormons are out there. They need the Lord. And then uh, the Claytons. Now, they talk about big. There's the Claytons. I mean, Brother Clayton's a big fella, and you support him, okay? And he, he goes everywhere preaching the Word. He's, he's my dearest friend, and I'm telling you, that fella preaches everywhere. He preaches in a bus station, a train station, a street corner, a restaurant, a hospital waiting room. He just, he's preaches, that's all. And uh, then there's Nebraska, Alabama, and New Jersey. Where is New Jersey? It's somewhere around here, isn't it? New Jersey? New Jersey's over here someplace. And there's uh, the Hamiltons, a great friend of mine, Christian lawyer, great man. What a needed ministry they're in. And the Hansons and the Heartland Bible College, Baptist Bible College, Perriman Kennedy, and church planters. And is that the guy's name, Ungries? Ungries. Boy, that's an unusual name, isn't it? U-N-G-R-Y-S. That fits me if you put an H in front of it. I'm hungry already. It's a quarter of a... It's a quarter of twelve. I'm getting hungry already. We've got two services to go here in Alaska. That, that's a home missionaries. In other words, you, you put your missionary offering each Sunday or monthly, however you do it. You, you could look as part of that goes to one of these or spread it out, you see. Then foreign missionaries, so they have twelve. And foreign missionaries, they, they have nineteen different countries. I mean, this is a big operation here. This is, you know, don't 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 belittle yourself now. This is a great operation. This church supports missionaries in 19 foreign countries. A little piece of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church is in those countries, in the person of Karen Nolan, Bob Mack, and and the, and the others that are listed here. And and sure, they get support from other churches. They have to because this church can't support them all alone. But you put that all together, and you have part of it, and other churches have part of it, but all together, uh, the Brendan Stools in Siberia are there because this church supports them. You understand that? And, and these others in Wales and Angola and Australia and Hungary and Sri Lanka. I, I, never, I never even knew where Sri Lanka was until I, I met a man in Vancouver, and I won him to Christ. He was from Sri Lanka. I had never met a Sri Lankan. In, in my life, and I was up there holding a meeting in Vancouver, British Columbia, and this fellow drove me, he was a taxi driver, drove me into town and drove me back to the airport. So I had about uh, an hour to witness to him, and we talked about the Lord, and, and I was able to win him to Christ. Sri Lanka, and you have missionary there. And then all these other countries. And with 19 countries, 21 missionaries, foreign, and 12 uh, home, what we call home missionaries. That's, that's what this missionary offering is all about. You could not support these if you did not give to Faith Promise Missions offering. Now, we're going to talk about that. And then Pastor has down here that he'd like to add. Good grief, preacher. Let's take some off. Let's don't add any. When I was pastoring in Cleveland, we had a rather large missionary budget and, and a rather large church, I think a couple of million dollars a year. And we had to raise that. And, and sometimes uh, things would get very tight. Sometimes one Sunday we didn't know if we could pay the bills next Sunday. 
And I'd get up and tell our people, I'd say, well, we're having a hard time financially. We're going to take on another missionary. <laughs> They'd look at me like I was a little bit crazy, you know. But you see, as a church, you have to practice what the preacher preaches to you as individuals. Give, and it shall be given unto you. That's the promise that God gives. Give, and it shall not. I'll give to you, and then you give. You give, and I will give to you. That's what the Scripture says. So if you, want, if you want to have more, you've got to give more. That's as a church and as an individual. You want more, you give more. You're making a bigger investment, you get a bigger return. That's what it's all about. So this is what Paul's instructing um, the Corinthian church here. Oh, we'd like to add what? What do you have down here? Five. Ireland, another country, and uh, Fiji. That's a little speck out in the Pacific Ocean. And Malawi and and Russia, and India. Boy, I'll tell you, that, that's wonderful. If you could do that, if the faith promise offering that's promised this morning, we promise it by faith. We, we, you don't sign the card. The church doesn't dun you for something. Then I can send you a bill if you don't put your faith promise in because they're, they're not going to know whether you put it in or not because you don't sign the card. We don't make the promise. This is between you and God. Whether it's $5 a week or $10 or 50 I think somebody gave $100 a week towards missions. And, and, uh, and, and God, will, God will bless you for it. But it's between you and God. Nobody else knows about it. I want you to understand that. And that's, that's vitally important. Now, you know the Corinthian church, uh, there are two books written to this church in Corinth. And the first book is not near as nice a tone as the second book. The Corinthian church had a lot of problems. I think it's kind of like our modern-day churches, you know. Uh, there were moral problems, deep moral problems in the Corinthian church. If you study in the in the uh, fifth chapter, uh, in particular, uh, there's a there was an incident going on there, and no, and the preacher wasn't preaching against it. And when there's sin in the camp, don't get mad at the preacher. He's got to preach against it. He has to do it. It's his responsibility to do it. And and they had been neglecting that, so the church just became more rotten. It became more immoral. And Paul was gone. He was out uh, starting other church, so he wrote this letter to them. And he rebuked them. You know, I preached the other night on all scriptures given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So that's the preacher's job when he preaches the Word of God is to reprove those things that are bad. Well, Paul wrote that first letter. Then the second letter he comes along, and, and he's kinder to him. Evidently, there had been some corrections. There had been a little bit of revival. The people had gotten right with God, and this is becoming a great church. And so Paul wrote them and, and uh, instructed them in not only tithing and giving to the church, but in missionary offerings. Now, I want you to see that. By the way, I mentioned last night, but I, I, I think it bears repeating in the Christian life, we do so many things by faith. Why don't people understand we give by faith? The giving by faith to the faith promise missionary offering is something like, wow, man, our budget is so tight. I, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. Well, do it. Say, but I can't. Well, you do it. That's what the idea is, by faith. You know, to tithe, doesn't, it doesn't take any faith to tithe. It takes some figuring. That's how you understand? The tithe belongs to the Lord. The tithe is the Lord's. 
So when you put your tithe in, or I put my tithe in, we we give at our church. Our home church is in in uh, in uh, where do we live? St. <laughs> Thomas, yeah, St. Thomas, not the islands, but St. Thomas, Ontario, Canada. It's just below London, not England, but London. Oh, I am confused. But but we put our tithe in there. We put our faith, promise, missionary giving. All the giving we do, we do in our local church. You don't want to give a missionary offering to another church. You give a missionary offering here. You don't want to put your tithe in another church. You put your tithe in here. You see, that supports the church. So uh, the church uh, the church uh, carries on its ministry that that way. That's the way. And the Lord said the tithe is the Lord's. So the tithe is ten percent. Wow, you say I'm paying ninety percent taxes now. It seems that way, doesn't it? But I mean, they don't. They they don't. Pay. They just done you. They say you pay it or else. We'll take your property if you don't pay it. I mean, the government is cold-hearted about it. See, so you put it in. You pay. You pay your taxes. But what you have, what what God puts in your hands. See, I've had so many men say to me and say, "Well, uh, I uh, I earn my money. That's my money." No, God gave you the. The wisdom or the strength, whatever work you do, you could be sitting in a wheelchair, you could be sick at home, and, and you wouldn't be able to earn any money. Every good thing that we have comes from our Heavenly Father. So He says, what I give to you, what I put in your hands, He trusts you. He doesn't take it from you. See, the government never even lets you put your hand on it. They write you a payroll check and your employer holds, withholds that and sends to the government. They don't trust you. But God wants you to be a good steward. So you put your 10% in. It's for the church. Now, an offering is something you don't... But by the way, you, you're not required to be a part of this. No one is required to do it. God requires you to tithe. You're just being a good steward. You're giving Him back the money that belongs to Him to carry on the ministry. But when it comes to missionary giving, that, that's an individual thing. As far as the amount or, or anything is concerned, that's between you and God, see? Now look at this church here in chapter 8. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How that in a great trial of affliction, the church of Macedonia were going through some kind of affliction, persecution. Uh, The abundance of their joy, in spite of the affliction, they had abundant joy. See, joy is something, the kind of joy that God gives His children is not a joy that's dependent upon outward circumstances. You know, it, it, it's easy when you get up in the morning if you've got a good night's sleep and you feel good and you, and you get dressed and you have a nice breakfast and you go out whether you're going to work wherever you're going. It's easy to be kind of joyful and smile and be happy. But, but say that you, you, you wrestled all night long. You didn't sleep well. And you got up and your body was a little tired and you were a little bit sick. You weren't feeling well. And, and you had some problems, some family problems and, and some social problems. And you were having problems at work and all of these things going on. Your mind just reeling and you're, you're tied up in knots, so to speak. And it, it's not as easy to smile then. But do you know the joy that God gives you? I, I, th- I think... This may sound a little bit crazy, but now you've gone through these things like that. When I was in the hospital with cancer, I, I think I was as joyful than I tried to be because I was still saved when I had cancer. I was still God's child. God knew about that. 
And I wanted to be a good witness to the, the nurses and the doctors and the people in the hospital. I, I'd, I'd get up and, and walk around with my little buddy, you know, the, the thing sticking in your arm. Some of you have done it, I can see. And walk around, I'd go in and talk to other men. I want some men to Christ in, in the cancer ward there. And, and, and so you can have that joy. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't telling jokes like I do now. I'll tell you. I mean, I was pretty, a little more serious then. Maybe some things were different, but I had the joy. I still had the joy. Now, here are these people, he doesn't tell us what, but they were going through some great affliction. Great, he uses. God doesn't overstate things. These were great afflictions. They were going through them, but in spite of that, they had abundance of joy. Now, I want you to know, are you with me? Did I say verse 2? We're in, I did say 2 Corinthians 8, didn't I? Okay, 2 Corinthians 8, now we're in verse 2. And their deep poverty... Deep, they got great afflictions, but they got great joy. They have deep poverty, but listen to this. It abounded unto the riches of their liberality, for to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints." So this church in Macedonia, these church in Macedonia, going through this great affliction, still had great joy. They were in deep poverty. Sometimes it's easier to give out of an abundance. Do you know in, in, in a study of missions and religion and Christianity in America, and, and, and you, you always look at things on percentage. When, when we were in the, the depth of despair in the 30s after the fall, now you don't go back that far, I was... I was born in 33, and that's when we came out of depression. Everybody was so happy I was born, the depression was open. No. But, <laughs> guys are still asleep on me, aren't you? All right, 30, 33, that depression came in 29, and I mean, you couldn't rub two nickels together. I mean, America was in great poverty, deep poverty all over the country. It wasn't just in one area. We have poverty areas now, and Maybe in the Appalachians and some some areas like there are poverty, great poverty. In some of the big cities, there are pockets of poverty. But do you know during those years, the United States of America, the Christians in America, percentage-wise, gave more to missions than they're giving today? It was the greatest era of missionary giving in the United States per capita. I'm talking about per wages. You couldn't compare it because... What they had then, it's 50 times that now. But according to percentages, we gave more to missions than we ever gave in the history of America. Just thinking. And here's this church. Great affliction, deep poverty, great joy, and generous giving. All comes here, see. In their poverty. Because he said, now it's a gift. We would receive the gift. Now, now look up in... Um, Verse 8, let me read a little bit to you. And there's so much to say, and I, we have the service coming up, so I'll, I, I hate to rush these things, but I've got to give you these. I speak not, verse 8, I speak not by commandment, by, but, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. It's easy to stand up and smile and say, I love Jesus. We take a missionary offering, I don't believe in that. <laughs> I don't want to give any more. It, it, it's easy to say, but, but they had the sincere, there's the sincerity of your love. 
For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, that ye through His poverty might be rich. And herein I give my advice, listen now carefully, for this is expedient for you who have begun before, not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. So in other words, a year previous to this time that they gave this great gift, they had made a promise. We are going to give so much money to a church building project, to the spread of the gospel, whatever it is. We're going to give so much. And now during this year, some things happened. They had, they had poverty. They found themselves wanting. They had great affliction. But in spite of all of those things, they'd made a promise a year ago. So they said, we'll send it. Now therefore, look, look verse 11. Now therefore, perform the doing of it. Don't just fill out a card today. Forget it if you don't have any intentions of giving it. Giving it, I mean, it'd be ridiculous. Fill out the card with all sincerity of love that this, by the grace of God, by the faith I have in Him, I'm going to give to the missionary program, the Open Door Bible Baptist Church, this amount, weekly or monthly. I'm going to give that. And then do it. You say, well, I might get laid off. Hey. God, if you, if you promise something to God by faith, He will give you the means to, to meet that commitment. That's what faith is all about. And what did I say? We, we, how were we saved? By faith. We were saved by faith. I didn't, I didn't write God a check when I got saved. I, I didn't say, well, Lord, I'll, I'll work eight hours a day for, for six months. I didn't say that. I got saved by faith. I just trusted Jesus Christ, and He gave me eternal life through faith. And then it says we're kept by faith, uh, 1 Peter 1.5. We're kept by, by faith, uh, uh, ready to be revealed at the last time. It's by our faith that, that we, 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 are, we continue to be saved. We didn't get saved by works. We're not kept by works. And the Bible says we live by faith. The just shall live by faith, Romans 1.17. We live by faith. We, we walk by faith. And, and we work by faith. Everything we do by faith. Why not give by faith? Say, Lord, I'll give this to you. I don't even have it now. If, if, if you said, well, I'm going to give $50 a week to missions. My word, what is that? Uh, that would be $200, $2,400 in a year. I'm going to give $2,400 this year. And you look at it and I say, I can't give $2,400. I don't even know if I'm going to have 50 to give the first week. So maybe I better not promise. Well, I don't know if I'd have 25. Maybe I won't have 10. Maybe I won't have 5. I, I said, you know, uh, 2 bucks is a cup of coffee now. <laughs> That's right. You go to a good restaurant, you pay $2 for a cup of coffee. You know, I'm not a cheapskate, but it rankles me when I sit down and they charge me $1.89 for a Coke. For a Coke. And I mean, 75% of it's ice. I mean, it's ridiculous. But we pay it and we go on. Right? Just give up a Coke a day and I could give $10 a week to missions. Just think about it. Make a little sacrifice and I could do it. Maybe God will just bless me so much I can have my Coke and give the $10 too. That's usually the way he does. But I'm just saying, it's, by faith you do this. You can't necessarily sit down and figure out, oh, this is going to be easy to do. Okay, now I've, I've, got to, I've got to really hurry here. I want to give you these, first of all, in uh, chapter 10, verse 17, I think, yeah. No, no verse 16. All of this is, is uh, we don't have time to go through the whole thing. I'm skipping some of it. But the purpose of it in verse 16 is to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you. 
That's what it's all. That's what we're given for. It's to, it's to preach the gospel. It's not to build hospitals. Now, building hospitals in third world countries is a very important thing to do, and there are a lot of organizations that are doing that. But there's not very many organizations that are preaching the gospel. God never gave a command to an unsaved man to preach the gospel. It takes a Christian to take the gospel. It takes preachers to take the gospel. And in Romans 10, it says, How shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? So that's what we are. We're sending them. We can't go to Sri Lanka, maybe. We can't go to Fiji, maybe. We can't go uh, to, to Ivory Coast, maybe. But we can send the Max to go. See, we can send them to go by our offerings and by our faith promise giving. Now, I'm going to give you four, four things I want you to think about before you fill that card out. And normally I don't like people writing, sleeping, talking, or anything else while I'm preaching. But during the 11, 11 o'clock service, we'll... We'll allow you to do that while I'm preaching. <laughs> Fill out the card if you need to, okay? Uh, now, now listen, there's, there's one of four things you're going to do. Uh, and, and I just got time to give you that, I think. First of all, you can, absolutely re- you can absolutely refuse to give. You can just refuse to give. <laughs> Nobody's going to make you. Uh, in fact, when they, when they take the offering, put it, I used to tell my people, just put a blank card in. Nobody knows if you signed it or if you put anything on or not. We're, we're not trying to embarrass somebody. We, we don't want to know what you give. Because then, you know, somebody says, oh, boy, do you know how much they're giving? Yeah, but God said that the, the little old lady that gave two pennies gave more than all the rest of them. We don't look at things right. See, God not only looks at what you give, but what you got left when you give. Wouldn't be anything for Donald Trump to write a check for a million dollars to the Open Door Bible Baptist Church. That'd be nothing. It'd be like a cup of coffee to him. Well, he's probably not going to do it. I don't think he is. I'd take it if he did, but, but it's just the idea. No, I, it, it wouldn't hurt him any, but maybe for somebody to give $20 a week would be a big sacrifice. I don't know. That's why it's between you and the Lord. He will reward you accordingly. But by the way, you know, if Donald Trump were a Christian, I don't know, I'm just using any, any millionaire, multi-millionaire, billionaire. If he would give a million dollars and you'd give a hundred, you'd probably give him way more, way more than he is. That's why God, that's why God initiated the tithe. He didn't initiate the amount, but the percentage. Because if, if, a, if a man made a million dollars last week, and there are some men that are making more than a million dollars a day. Imagine that, making a million dollars a day. If he made a million dollars last week, he came to church Sunday and he put $50,000 in. And you made $1,000 and you put $100 in, you gave twice as much as he did. That's right. You gave your tithe, which is, which is $100. You gave 10%. He gave $50,000, which is 5% of a million. So God looks at the percentages. God looks at it different than we do. But, but you can, you can, abs- you can absolutely say in your heart and in your life and in your manner, you can say, I am not, this church gets my tithe and we take special offerings and it seems like I'm always giving. I'm not going to give any more. All right. That's between you and God. I'm not, nobody's going to get mad at you because nobody's going to know about it. So you can just absolutely refuse to give. Secondly, you can give less than you gave last year. You can say, well, I, I put $20 a week in last year, and I didn't really, I don't know, it's, I'm having a hard time, and I'll just put 10 in this week. Well, you can do that. Now, if everybody did that, obviously we would not be able to, we would not be able to do 
what we're doing this year. We would have to cut back. Instead of increasing, we'd have to cut back on our missionary giving. I, I, th- I think I mentioned here, my wife and I, we have a fixed income. We get $2,000 a month to, to live on. And, and we, when we were in Canada, we first went there nine years ago. It was, we got $3,100 exchange. I got 2000 American with the bank. I had 3100 Canadian. Now the exchange is down to less than 300 on 2000 And yet our missionary giving this year is more than it was last year. And somehow or other, we still get by. I mean, God just, He has a way of making things like that happen, is what I'm trying to say. So, so please don't, but you can, you can do that. And then we would have to, or the pastor of the church would have to cut back on their missionary giving. Thirdly, you can give the same amount. And you say, well, we'll just hold our ground. We're not going to take on these, uh, five new missionary projects. We're not going to take on anymore. We got enough. I'll just give the same amount. God bless you for that, but we're going to have to, we just have to stay where we are. We're not going to be able to, to move forward. Or you can increase your giving. You can conquer new territory is what I'm saying. And that's what we want to do. I, I'm talking from the heart of the pastor. You know, the pastor has to be, he has to see this. He has to, he has to uh, encourage this and initiate this. And uh, I don't know what Brother Pete puts in uh, Faith Promise Missionary Offering. I know he's involved in it. He doesn't know what I give. That's nobody's business. But I know he gives. Though. It would be nice if every member of this church would do something in Faith Promise Mission. We could do it in unanimity. We can do it. Every single one of us can do something. And that's what we want. Just everybody get involved. I don't care what the amount is, but get involved in it. But those who have been involved in it last year, you've got to make that decision. The, the people who maybe weren't involved last year, you can stay non-involved. You say, I'm not going to give anymore. Okay, that's fine. Between you and God. And it won't come in. But now, those that are here that gave last year, you can decide... Well, I'm going to cut back. I'm not going to increase it. Good grief. I'm going to just cut back a little bit. And we'll have to cut back on the missionaries we support. Either either cut back a little bit on each one or just cut some out altogether. And then if we don't increase it, even a little bit. See, see, this is a matter of faith. Well, faith ought to grow. It ought to expand. And, and I would think that if you were involved in Faith Promise Missionary Offering last year, that God blessed you enough, you say, well, I want to give a little more. How much, how greater is your faith this year than it was last year? Did it get large? Did it huge? Is it just a little bit? But something. If I gave $10, maybe I can get 12 or even 15 I'm just throwing out numbers which are meaningless, but as an example, please, please, every member of this church, do something for faith, promise, missionary giving this year. And when we take the offering, you're not going to put any money, you're just going to put a card in. It's just a piece of paper. And whether it's blank or whether it has something on it, it's meaningless unless you meet that that commitment. We, we can we can all rejoice if we get more than a $30,000 commitment, which what we gave last year. We can all rejoice in that, except now we've all got to believe that it will come in. See, that God will enable you to do it. I know God will. It's whether or not we're willing to let Him use us. So may God help us to give it some thought. I, I pray that you have. The pastor's been mentioning that every night. 
a little bit of prayer, a little bit of concern. You've seen the missionary, and isn't it wonderful to see that, to think that, to think that by my missionary giving, I can have part of people that are one to Christ in, in Russia and in all of these other countries that we read about. They need Christ. And uh, they're not going to get saved or have any part unless somebody goes. They're not going to go unless we send them. So God help us to do In the beginning, you know, uh, they sent Brother Montoro here and supported him. This was a missionary project at one time of, of a number of churches around. I, I think we certainly had part in Cleveland. This is a missionary project. Now this is the result. Now we've, we've become adults now. We're no longer to be supported. We are supporting and the whole thing is turned around, so let's do a good job of it. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this uh, truth that's found in the Bible. A Corinthian church uh, promised a year ahead of time to give a gift. And then some terrible things happened, not explained to us. It was just great persecution and great poverty. Yet in spite of the great poverty, they sent this gift. They performed the doing of it. They did what they promised, and God blessed them for it. The Macedonian churches, according to the Bible, are the strongest churches that are recognized in the New Testament. So, Lord, help us to be and use the Macedonian church as our example. Give us a great promise offering and then a great real offering during the year that we might increase our missionary giving. I pray in Jesus' name and for His sake. Amen.